And isn't it nice to have a real good friend? Amen. But how about if your friend is God? <laughs> who, who gets a better deal out of that one? You know, when your friend, you, all that you have, you give to them, and all that they have, they give to you. So what do we give to God? Just ourselves, really, basically. And God has everything else that he wants to give to us. Isn't that wonderful? That he wants to be our friend, just not a God up in heaven, watching us, hoping that we get through. He says, I want to be your friend. Amen. A friend sticks closer than a brother. Well, let's pray for today's service. Father, we thank you that as we come together today, we're able to hear great truths out of your word that will change us, enlighten us, and cause us to be closer to you and to be a better friend to you. And we give you the praise, the glory, and the honor for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm excited to continue this series on Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's kind of amazing because, you know, my son and my wife say, okay, what's the title going to be for the next series? And so I come up with the title, but I don't have the message. <laughs> so you have to kind of by faith, okay, Lord, every week you've got to give me something that will be uh, what you want to say to the church. And I believe that he comes through each and every time when we listen. You know, he will speak to you in every situation that you're facing, and he'll speak to you and tell you things and strategies that you need to overcome whatever you're facing. Did you know that? We have to have that confidence to know, God, I don't know what to do, but I know you know what to do. And so he will direct you and guide you and teach you in the way that you're supposed to go. So we're talking about Christ in you, the hope of glory. What an amazing thought and principle. Christ in us, Jesus Christ, the Almighty One, is living on the inside of us, not just next to us, not just with us, but inside of us, causing us to do the things that he wants us to do. It's not you, but Christ in you, the hope of glory. Praise God. What did Paul say? I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So you, your, your life, what is your life? Our life is hid in Christ. What are we trying to do? Live our lives? No. Let him come in and live through us using our talents, our gifts, our abilities, our heart, our desire, our hands, our eyes, our mouth, and let him use us. And when you do that, he'll reward you greatly. Praise God, because then all of a sudden now you're working for him. Now he sees you doing things and that he needed to do on this earth. He can't because he has to use a person here on this earth. And you become valuable to him. Glory to God. Valuable. You know, in business, if you're doing something for the company, they value you. And what do they do? They give you promotions. They give you raises. They give you bonuses. They give you cars. They give you all kinds of stuff. And so when you're valuable to God, God will bless you in whatever you want him to do. So he's living in us, talking to us, guiding us, showing us things to come. Praise the Lord. Now, how does he talk to us? He talks to us through our spirit. The Bible says in Proverbs 20, 27, that um, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. What does that mean? That means his spirit lights up our spirit. His, his, his presence lights up our spirit and speaks to us and talks to us and tells us things that we need to know. So we get an inside track on what's happening in life. Isn't that nice? So Christ in us, the hope of glory. Now, this is, Paul says this is a mystery. That, that no one could figure this out, even in the Old Testament. They never thought 
that that could possibly happen? How can God resi uh, reside in a human being, in a person? They had the Ark of the Covenant where God resided, and people would come in, and they would, you know, into the Holy of Holies, and they would bow down, and they'd be in the presence of the Lord. But little did they know that now we are become the Ark of the Covenant, the tabernacle of God, the, the dwelling of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. What, what are people, <laughs> that, that's amazing to me. Now, even the devil didn't know that. The devil got fooled. He said, we're going to crucify Jesus. We're going to crucify the Son of God. We're going to put him on the cross. We're going to watch him die. We're going to put him in the grave. And, and the devil said, okay, we got him. We won. Yay. And all of a sudden, three days later, Jesus rise, rises from the dead. They said, oh. and the Bible says, if the Satan would have known this, they would have never crucified the Lord of glory. Because now all of a sudden, he sees a bunch of Jesuses walking around this earth, healing the sick, uh, ministering to people. Uh, getting saved, doing all kinds of things that Jesus had done. So they killed one Jesus, and they got a thousand other Jesuses running around. Praise God. So when Jesus rose from the dead, we are able to have that same resurrection power. Amen? So <laughs> the devil thought he had Jesus, and the devil thinks he's got you. You might have some dead finances. You might have a dead marriage. You might have a dead career. But, but God says, I'm going to rise you up, raise you up because of what Christ has done. And then you can have resurrection power. So Christ in you, the hope of glory. Praise God. And we're going to talk about that today, the glory of God. What it is, how does it come, and how to be a part of it. So what is the glory of God? Basically, it's his presence. It's him himself. In all of his glory, all of his splendor, all of his majesty, all of his power, it's him, the glory of God. And the Bible says that, that the glory that God has given Jesus, Jesus said, I gave it to you so that you can walk in his presence. Now, let's look at this uh, first slide. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows his handiwork. So the heavens declare. God is in the heavens. The heavens declare the glory of God. Amen? And the firmament shows his handiwork. Let's see a picture of that. Isn't that beautiful? Who, who, who could make something like that? Only God can do that. Praise God. And I like the way God questioned Job. Job thought he was all that in a bag of chips and saying, God, you know, why are you doing this to me? And, you know, I, I live perfectly for you. And so... <laughs> God comes to Job and says, let me ask you a couple questions, Job. Where were you when I laid the earth's foundations? Tell me if you understand. Who marked off the dimensions? Surely you know. Who stretched a measuring line across it? Who called the morning star? And who uh, shut up the seas behind with doors and said, this far and no more shall you come? Have you ever given orders to the morning or shown the dawn its place? Where is the way of light and where does the light live? Where does darkness reside? Have you entered into the storehouses of the snow and where is hail kept? Do you know all these things, Joe? Uh, no, sir, we do not. No, we do not know. So he says, do you know the, how the direction of lightning goes? Do you know how that is formatted? No, we don't know it. So let's look at this next scripture. The whole earth, so we have the glory of God in heaven, 
We have the glory of God near him in his firmament. Now also, the whole earth is full of his glory. It's all around us. It's in the trees. It's in the uh, grass. It's in the mountains. Let's see this picture. It's all around us. This is the glory of the Lord. So the glory of the Lord is who he is and what he has done in the earth. And we're going to find out what he's done in us. Isn't this amazing to see when you think about it, how God created all this? And this is, not, this is the, the, uh, the fallen state. Can you imagine how it was before the fall of Adam? But the Bible says the earth is the fullness of his glory. All things which he has made on earth express his glory. His wisdom, his goodness, his power, his holiness are seen everywhere. The whole earth with the mountains, the trees, the streams, the animals, and people are worthy of his praise and a product of his glory. Praise the Lord. But now guess what? We are his crown jewel. We are his masterpiece. We are his prized possession. When he made us, he was happy. He was glad. Let's see this next scripture. In Isaiah 43, 6 through 7, Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth, everyone who is called by my name, whom I've created for my glory. So he, he, he glories in us. He, he sees us and he has, uh, sees a, a, a glory creation. Praise the Lord. Now, let's look at this in uh, the next slide. We have this treasure in earthen vessels, the excellence of the power, so that the excellence of power may be of God and not of us. So God wants to see our, uh, people will see our good works and glorify our Father in heaven. So we are the glory of God walking around in this earth. Now let's look at this next scripture. Okay, so guess what? Everything we do, people are watching. Did you know that? Whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. It's amazing how many scriptures are here talking about the glory of God. Now, have you ever, now now when they're talking about this, eat or drink to the glory of God, originally they were talking about when you give uh, uh, or when you eat uh, food that's sacrificed to idols. It says just, just do it as unto the Lord and not to the idols. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. But in our practical application for today, whatever we do when we eat or drink, do all to the glory of God. Praise the Lord. Now, it's amazing when people start to date. When you go out on a date and you have a a dinner date and you have a a lady in front of you and if you're the man, you want to eat nice, don't you? You don't want to be... you know, like a pig. The, the, the guy's going to say, I don't know if I want to marry this girl. Right? You want to be dainty. So here's a picture. See how, they, how nice they're eating? Oh, they're so polite. Oh, excuse me. And, and, and very daintily, very polite, very, very um, on their best behavior. You don't want to, you know, look bad while you're eating. But after a few years... All this goes out the window. Let's see how we eat now. (laughs) Is that you? (laughs) You ever look in the mirror when you're eating and see how am I eating? So I, 
You know, most of us pray before we eat, right? We thank God for what we're eating. A pastor told me, he says, you know, not only should you pray before you eat, you should pray with every bite. Thank God with every bite that he's blessed us and we're able to eat. Keeping in mind that we just don't eat and then chow down and look, you know, ungrateful. So, you know, uh, have you ever been caught in that where you're so hungry that uh, you don't look like you're eating to the glory of God? <laughs> I got caught in that at our other church. We, had, uh, we used to have international dinners uh, on uh, New Year's Day, and so everybody brought in the, the, the menu or the food from their country, whether it be Japanese or Chinese or you know, Hispanic, whatever your country was, you brought in that type of food. So, I mean, there's about 500 people at the church, so I'm, all day long I'm trying to get everything organized. And so it comes to time to eat. Well, I'm hungry. I haven't eaten the whole time. So we say the prayer, and I rush up to the front of the line. And I say, Pastor, what's, what are you doing? I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. And I noticed there's a, a guy there in the back, Elliot Brockman, and he's very calm, and he's letting the ladies go. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I go, I want to be like him. So I ask him, Elliot, how, how could you be so calm and patient when we have all this food out? He goes, I ate before I came. <laughs> that way, you don't look like a fool trying to eat. And I said, you don't look like that. So I said, okay, uh, I, I'll, I'll do that. And, and so I eat a little snack before we have a buffet because I don't want to look like a fool trying to eat so fast, so hungrily, right? I want to do to the glory of God and be a good example. Praise the Lord. So th there's a scripture that says, don't be uh, like those that make, uh, make their God their belly. You ever, you ever have go with people you go out to eat for breakfast and they're thinking about what am I going to have for lunch? <laughs> or are you that way? <laughs> but we can't just live from meal to meal to meal. We have to give our hearts and our lives to the Lord. Praise God. So we want to bring, let, let's bring the glory of God to a personal level. I got six, six uh, ways that we can uh, show the glory of God. Let's look at this. Okay, first one is, and these are all ours. All right, make it easy for you. I'm going to put them at the end, so in case you don't write them all down. First one is recognizing his greatness. Deuteronomy 5.24 says, Surely the Lord our God has shown us his glory and his greatness. And we have heard his voice from the midst of the fire. We have seen this day that God speaks with man, yet he still lives. So what happened was Moses, God told Moses, come, come to the mountain. I'm going to talk to you and the children of Israel. And uh, I'm going to tell them some things so that they'll learn how to fear me. So let's see what it looks like. So <laughs> God came with thunderings and lightnings and uh, uh, earthquakes. And the people said, oh, no, 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 we, we, we can't, we can't, we can't uh, bear to hear the word or the voice of the Lord. A lot of times we get shy because we don't want to hear the voice of the Lord because maybe we're in sin, maybe we're doing things that are not quite right. We don't want God to look at us. We don't want God to judge us. But God wants us to come now because we have Jesus Christ. We don't have to worry about that. So the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. We have to recognize that his, he's great. There's nothing that we get ourselves stuck into that God can't work out and bring deliverance to us. Praise God. He divided the Red Sea. He brought food in the wilderness. He made the sun stop for Joshua. He defeated all of Israel's enemies. 
So we have to re realize that God is greater, greater than all of our problems, greater than all of our fears, bigger than any mountain that we may face. And it's an insult to think that God can't do uh, or work in your behalf greater and, and overcome the situation that you've been in. Is that not right? Oh, not even God can help me in this situation. But we have to believe that God is able, no matter what the doctor's report, no matter what the financial report, no matter what your marriage situation looks like, no matter what, how your kids are acting, God is greater <laughs> than what you're facing. Praise God. Just don't give up. Keep believing that God will do it for you. Because why? You're a friend of God. He loves you. He recognize his greatness. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Amen? Sometimes you just cannot give up. The Bible says that he is the most high God. What does that mean? Most high, higher than all the situations, higher than everything that we're facing. He's able to manipulate and make happen what needs to happen on this earth on your behalf. Because when you stay close to him, he will work for you. Praise God. So the first thing is to recognize his greatness. The second thing is to respect his sovereignty. Psalms 24, 7 through 8 says, Lift up your heads, O you gates, and be lifted up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory, hallelujah, shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. What a great God that we serve. Praise the Lord. The scripture says, arise and shine, your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. And the Bible says in Psalms 144:1, blessed be the Lord my strength, which teaches my hands to war and my fingers to fight. So whatever situation you're facing, God will give you a strategy, a plan. Let's look at this plan right here. You everybody know what this is? This is the battle of Jericho, Jericho, Jericho. This was the battle of Jericho, and walls came tumbling down. Now, what was the plan, the strategy that God gave uh, Joshua? He said, march around the building, the walls, every day for six days. And don't say anything. Just be quiet. Just march around. And then on the seventh day, go around seven times, and on the seventh time, shout. Now, what kind of battle plan is that? How many of you know that's not going to work? But somehow, Joshua was able to get everybody in line and, and, and be quiet. It's hard to keep the children of Israel quiet. You know, they like to murmur and complain. Say, so, listen, I don't want you talking. I don't want you to get in line. I know when I was in grade school, I always got in trouble for talking in line, talking in class. Then I went, and I work at Kaiser, and they still do the same thing. You can't talk. <laughs> do your work. I go, oh, my God, I haven't, it's the same rules all over the place. But I used to get in trouble for talking. And so to keep all these children quiet was amazing. Then on the last day, they had to shout. Some of them might have said, well, Pastor Chuck or Mr. Joshua, we don't shout at our church. You know, we just keep, we're just, you know, calm. No, sometimes you have to shout the victory. And so they shouted, and the walls came down. What kind of, so God would sometimes give you plans that you don't know, don't think are going to work. And I heard again on the radio uh, a, a preacher named David Jeremiah. 
he was on, he's on a lot of TV stations, and he's on at, at, in L.A. And the station changed hands, changed ownerships, and they called him up, and they said, we're not going to use your program anymore. We feel like it's not fitting into our, our schedule. <laughs> he said, what? I've been here for years. And they said, well, okay, as of right now, no more of your station going to be on, no more of your radio program will be on our station. So he had to take grip with that and say, like, what in the heck is going on here? So he had, to, you know, the Bible says if, if, if uh, someone asks you to walk one mile, walk two. If they ask for your coat, give them two coats, your tunic as well. So he said, I'm going to write a check paying for the two weeks that I have used, and plus I'm going to give another two weeks to the next guy that's coming in so that he can get a head start and so that he can, you know, have a little ease. Even though he knew the guy, and he said the guy, he couldn't understand why they would switch him out for this guy. But that's a battle plan that the Lord gave him for his own heart. And so he did that. He wrote the check. He cried <laughs> and prayed. And sure enough, after six months, they called him back. He said, we have a better spot for you right now, and we want to use you. So I always know that when people leave or people do things, I don't hold grudges against them. I, I'm not trying to be mean to them. I, if, if the Lord takes you somewhere or if you've wronged me, praise God. You know, well, it all sort out in the end. God will take care of us all. And I have this theory that God's going to line us all up, and he's going to go through all the things that we uh, thought we were doing right, all the things that need to be corrected. Actually, he doesn't really have to correct us. It's going to be in our own heart. We're going to know, man, I missed it. Man, I didn't have the right attitude or the right spirit. But God can give you direction in all that you do. Praise the Lord. So the Bible says, well, love your enemies. Do good to them that hate you. So, you know, I, I had the story that now it's not complete because we have this um, wireless that keeps cutting out. And we can't figure out why is it cutting out. Is it the mic? Is it the uh, uh, speakers? Is it the uh, amplifiers? We can't figure it out, but we found out that the Federal Communications Committee uh, changed the frequencies that, are, that we can broadcast through. So we called a friend of mine who does sound, and he says, just lower the frequencies. So we lowered the frequencies, still not working. So we got to call him back and find out, how do we do this? Because the same thing happened at their church. But God will give you direction and give you understanding in all that you're doing, even though you may not be able to figure it out, God knows the answer. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. So the first thing is we want to re um, recognize, let me get my, recognize his greatness, right? We need to oh, respect his sovereignty. And number three, Rejoice in his actions. Matthew 15, verse 31. The multitude wondered when they saw the dumb to speak, the maimed to behold, the lame to walk, and the blind to see, and they glorified who? The God of Israel. It didn't say glorified Jesus. So when we pray for people and they get healed, we pray for people and things go their way, go the way that they we prayed. We don't say, oh, it was my prayer, I did it. I, watch me, look at me. No, they glorified the God of Israel. Praise the Lord. So I, I don't like to take credit if things go the way that we prayed. I don't like to take the blame either. <laughs> I give it all to the Lord. So let's see this uh, scripture here or this picture. So Jesus is praying for the sick, praying for the blind. 
and their eyes open. Isn't that wonderful? So we have to um, allow the Lord to work through us. If he's given you a gift, if he's given you the gift of healing, if he's given you uh, the ability to pray, whatever he's given you the ability to, the ability to do, give all the glory to God. He wants us to pray. You know that phrase, prayer, uh, there's, there's um, what do we say? Prayer, prayer really works. Or, did we say that? Huh? God answers prayer. Prayer really works. It's not really your prayer that works. It's God that's working, right? No, no good prayer that you can pray can, can change. If God doesn't want to answer it, he won't answer it. But we have to believe that our prayer is a prayer to God that he answers, that he does, and we glorify the God of Israel. Praise the Lord. So we rejoice in his actions. And the, the next thing is reflect on our affiliation. Matthew 5, 16 says, So let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. When you do good things for people, they're supposed to what? Say, oh, you're so marvelous. You're so wonderful. You're supposed to say, all glory goes to God. Praise the Lord. Let's look at this picture right here. Now look at this cat. What is he doing? He's helping this lady who can't hold up her umbrella, and he's walking down the street. This, this is a good deed, isn't it? People ask, what, what, is this, what is this guy doing? He's doing a good deed so that the people will glorify God in heaven. Do you do good deeds? Do you do things that people say, man, wow, what, what made you do that? You know, I'm so thankful. Um, Maggie calls me sometimes in the middle of the night. She goes, Pastor, I just want to let you know Someone is stranded out here. I went to pick him up. You don't have to get up, Pastor. You don't have to get dressed. I got it covered. Just want to let you know <laughs> so that you can pray. I said, couldn't you wait till the morning? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm just so thankful that what her good deeds are being shown. Amen? Are your good deeds being shown? Can you say that things are, are, are uh, that you're doing the work and uh, using the hand of the Lord? Praise the Lord. So let's look at this next uh, uh, glory feature. Resolve to trust in his strength. First Chronicles 16, verse 7. Glory and honor are in his presence. Strength and gladness are in his place. So we have to trust in the Lord that his strength will be there for us. Here's a, here's a Here's a picture. Any of you mothers remember this time? My mom used to say, Lord, give me strength with this man. <laughs> but Paul said that God told him, my strength is made in your weakness. A lot of times we want to give up because what we're facing is too difficult for us. But we have to take it just one step at a time. So Paul said, I most gladly glory in my weaknesses because the power of Christ will reside on the inside of me. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Uh, I don't know if your mom used to say this, but she used to tell me, you're working my last nerve. I said, what are you talking about? My, I'm just living life here. What, what are you talking about? <laughs> uh. I used to have this one guy at work, 
and uh, talk about working your last nerve. I, I, every time he was gone from work, I'd have to cover his shift. I'd have to cover his, his responsibilities. And he'd miss all the time. I mean, it was almost so uh, regular, I didn't even think about it. I just think, oh, he's not going to be there, so I have to cover for him. But I did it gladly and willingly, covering for him, because I knew he was going through some troubles. His mom had died, and things were not happening well in his life. And so I was patient. I was calm with him. And as I spoke to him over the days and weeks and months, he got saved. He accepted the Lord. Now, if I would have been complaining, he probably wouldn't have received from me. But we have to uh, do good deeds for the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, do you ever feel like you're too stressed out? You don't have the strength of the Lord. You feel weak. You don't know how you're going to carry on. Well, I, I, I found this out that Jesus never had a stress problem. Did you know that? He didn't say to his disciples, you know, boys, we're going to have a busy day today. I don't know if I can handle it. I got to do that Sermon on the Mount. There's going to be 5,000 men there. Haven't really worked on it yet. We got to go to the pool of Bethesda and heal that one guy that's waiting for me. Got to go over and, and talk to Zacchaeus, have, have dinner with him. And oh my gosh, I forgot Lazarus. I got to get over there and raise him from the dead. It's been four days. I'm just stressed out. Can't do this. Did he ever do that? No. He was confident. And I learned this when I started working for Farmers Insurance. I quit my one job to work uh, a lesser-paying job because I wanted to give more time to the church. So I went and took a lesser-paying job at Farmers Insurance Company and I, as an adjuster, insurance adjuster, which is pretty amazing because I never worked on cars before. So I was kind of like the blind leading the blind. I mean, like, okay, I'll, I'll try to figure this out as we go. And so... The, the supervisor, when I was interviewing him, he says, you're really overqualified for this job. Do you really want this job? I go, yes, I do. I need this job. <laughs> and he said, come over here. Let me show you. There's three guys that are working here. You'd be the fourth guy. Let me show you what they're going through. So I went into the office, and one guy was on the phone yelling at a customer. One guy was walking around the office mumbling to himself. I said, I don't know what it is. This guy. I don't know what I'm going to do. One guy was walking around smoking his cigarettes, running fingers down through his hair, uh, just like not, not knowing what he's going to do and just smoking and everything. He goes, do you want to be in here? I said, I, if Jesus was, was in this and doing this job, he could do it stress-free. I'm going to let Jesus work through me. So I worked for that job for about two years, and God was always there, able to meet my need, giving me the strength, the wisdom to do all that I was supposed to do because we, what do we do? Recognize, go back one more. We, we're resilient in our attitude. No, no, the one before that one. We resolve to trust in his strength. Not our strength, his strength in whatever we do. So let's look at this last uh, glory point. We have to be resilient, have a resilient attitude for success. Romans 4.20, yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave what? Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Now, I, we're supposed to have success. Did you know that? God wants to give us, the Bible says, good success. What's good success? Doing it his way. Watching him work in our behalf. 
And now here's a scripture in 1 Peter 4.14. I'm going to tell you a little story too. Uh, if you are reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you for the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. So when people criticize you, when they abuse you, when they don't treat you right, wait for the glory of God to come upon you to give you direction and wisdom and, and, and give you uh, the, the pathway for success. Now, the last scripture, uh, the last scripture says, I will praise thee, O Lord my God, with all my heart, and I will glorify thy name forever. So the glory of the Lord is in heaven, it's on the earth, it's in everything that he's created, it's in everything that he's done, it's in you, it's manifesting through you in everything that you do. God is good, and his mercy endures forever, and he's going to work through you. Just hold on to the presence of the Lord and do what? Praise him with all of your heart and glorify his name forevermore. We're going to sing that song with uh, Sister Marlene. Let's stand to our feet and let's, let's give honor and glory to God. Because the more you praise him, the more he becomes a part of your life, the more he'll work on your behalf.